are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. All right, we just talked about Arizona fan support. Now we're going to talk about the product on the field. So, been to a couple practices. Got to actually, and I will say this, as far as the practices go, you can see pretty much everything. It's kind of cool, actually. Um, and I give Jed Fish credit for opening practice to what you're what you're watching. Um and first thing I'm going to talk about is that uh, they don't look very good. Uh, when you watch Arizona out there, it kind of looks like a team that's playing off the remnants of a 12-game losing streak. And you watch the quarterback play; it's just not—it's just not there. It does well. I, and again, I want to—I want to preface this by saying some quarterbacks are just gamers. Like if you—and th- I talked about this a little bit last week. When a lot of people like look back and they say, "How the why in the hell did Matt or uh, Mike Stoop start Matt Scott over Nick Foles?" But whether it's Jimino, whether it's uh, other people that were out there, to a man, they all say, "If you were at those practices, which were open, they said Matt Scott was better in practice." Now, Nick Foles was obviously a gamer, and that's still something that kind of goes to Nick Foles is a very mediocre regular season quarterback, but when the postseason hits uh, in the NFL, somehow he becomes awesome. So some guys are just like that. So I do want to preface it. But when you watch Arizona quarterbacks out there, there's a couple things that kind of stick out. Uh, they don't get the ball out quickly, which is always a very bad thing for a quarterback. And the decision-making is generally pretty shoddy. And I, I look at this team, and I know Vegas has the over-under two-and-a-half wins. From what I've seen through a couple practices, that's that's about where I would peg it as well. Okay, let's start at QB. Okay, I remember. I, I think I've heard you mention this. Uh, I may have heard you mention this on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. So, is it that the connection? Okay, is it a lack of separation from receivers, mm-hmm. or is it the quarterback? You know, whoever take whoever is taking the snaps is spending too much time going A, B. C is my progression. D, oh, by the way, I just got sacked a B and a half. Mm-hmm. Or can they make the throws? Are the receivers getting separation? What is the disconnect that you're seeing at the quarterback position right now that concerns you? I think it's a du- that's a great question. And you always hear the term double-edged sword. I think it's more of a triple-edged sword. Um, I think that it's a combination of it's a combination of your. I think the receivers are decent. Um, you're you're missing your best receiver right now, probably. But when you watch everything, and it's hard to, it's hard to explain really, but everything just goes slow. Like when you watch, I'll, I'll give you a story. And again, I don't want to compare this to 2005 USC football, because um, fair I, enough, that's not what this is. Right. Yeah. But I'll never forget. I was driving. USC was staying at the Hilton on off of Broadway and like between Kolb and yeah, Camino yeah, State. kind of the, the the Pantano on east yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm driving by there, and there's this huge USC team bus, 
And Mike Luke, who's, you know, uh, freshly out of high school, I'm like, oh, let's see what we got here. So I go out there, and they're running in the parking lot behind the Hilton. One of the coolest stories. They're running shell. They're running shells before, and keep in mind, this is a Friday. They're not like play. It's not like, but even, and they, they have a football, but they're just going through things. Everything was done so fast. Everything, uh, who, I think Matt Liner was the quarterback then. If he wasn't, it was uh, like John David Booty or whoever it was. It was somebody like that. And everything was done so quickly. So even though they're not really going, they're going, like every pass was crisp. Every pass was was leading a receiver. There was no passes where the quarterback throws it to the defensive, uh, throws it to the linebacker and looks down at his hands like it was his hand that was the problem and not his decision. There was just, there was none of that. It just felt so much different. When you watch Arizona right now, it just doesn't look, and again, this could be because the coaching, or you know, it's new, you're early on in practice, but they just don't look the part. And that to me is what concerns me because at least from a from a physicality perspective and I think you know this I'm a big eye test guy I like being able to just look I don't really care about of the end result a lot of times I care about how it looks and when you watch it it looks scattershot it looks like a team that the receivers don't necessarily get a ton of separation it's not like there's a huge pass rush because you're going against the Arizona defense so I wish I could answer your question in a more succinct uh, way than I am but you kind of know it when you see it, and I would love to be wrong. Now, is some... it the entirety of the team, or just spe- are there specific positions that you've looked at in your uh, brief observations that are better I, than at others? Or I, I, is... I think it's a good question. I think the offensive line is decent. Um, I'm very que- I'm very skeptical as to where their pass rush is going to come from because I think last year they went like four game. I think they had a four game stretch where they had one or two sacks. I don't see that being. Uh, uh, I don't see that being much better this year. Um, you've got some transfers that have come in, but anytime you bring in a transfer from Notre Dame who's third on the depth chart there, hmm. and you're expecting him to start immediately, that's, that's to me is always a little bit of a of a question mark. So. When I watch it, though, Shu, it just doesn't look – it's not aesthetically pleasing. And then uh, the South Florida quarterback, which I was curious about, he comes in, and the he's, he's interesting because I was expecting to see kind of a taller kid, like long, lean muscle, and he's, he's built kind of weird. It's kind of – he's like skinny, but there's a lot of baby fat still, which is never a good thing. Um, so I look at it, and Gunnar Cruz – he holds on to the ball way too long. I think Will Plummer is probably the best quarterback that I saw out there. He got some game action last year but looked overwhelmed. I just don't see it from the offensive side of the ball really at all. How are they at running back? I think running back, I think they're decent. They got a kid in Michael Wiley who who flashed a little bit last year. He averaged about seven yards a carry, didn't get a ton of carries. They got a kid from a Northwestern transfer, a guy, Drake Anderson. Um, I think they're decent at running back, but my question – but I guess if, if you don't have a good pa- good enough passing game and you're merely decent at running back, I think mm-hmm. it becomes really easy to stifle the running game. Do you see the offensive line from a potential standpoint? Are they physical? Are they fast? Are they clever? Where is their strength as you're trying to piece a lot of this together? Yeah, and I, it's funny. I came away. Uh, I came away from the practice asking myself that, and I would. I think. I think your best case is this. 
Remember with Mike Stoops' first year where they went like three and eight? Yeah. I thought he did a fantastic job coaching that year. Mm -hmm. They were competitive. And it it wasn't because of the offense. It was because every game, like they were – like, they were in it, and they lost fluky ways, like fumbles at the goal line, things like that. I think the best your best chance is to have a defense that is some, that's opportunistic, maybe, where you can yuck some games up. Because I just don't see this team being able to go tit-for-tat, you know, getting into the 30s. I just don't think they have So on the defensive side of the ball is where it's key to stay I, close. I, and and, and you've mentioned before that Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, is a guy who's pushing for turnovers and aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. And so at, at the college level, it's possible to, you know, maybe uh, muck up the works a little bit in that regard and try to steal a possession. And, and it also helps, too, that you're in the Pac-12, which, you know, let's be honest, is not the SEC. So you've got some winnable games on your schedule. Now, a lot of people are looking at it and saying, oh, they could get BYU. I don't give them any chance against BYU. Why not? Because BYU to me is a program at this stage in the game that is a little bit like Utah. That even when you, it's not a great program, but even when you lose guys, you still have seven 25 year olds that are basically ready to step in right there. And I think they're just going, and this is just a guess, I haven't previewed BYU a ton, but I'm guessing they'll just be able to maul Arizona on both sides of the ball. That's what I'm guessing. They're going to dominate the lines, and that'll be enough. For sure. So, I mean, you look at that, I don't give them, the Vegas line opened up at about 11 and a half. That's generally, for a first game of a season, that's generally Vegas's way of saying you have no chance of winning this game. Because that's a big line for a first game of the season, coming off a COVID year, neutral field. Then you get it, San Diego State, I would assume you have a chance. The thing with San Diego State, though, is that they've averaged 10 and a half. See, this is the thing that mystifies me with San Diego State, this this conversation that that San Diego State's somehow a step below BYU. San Diego State's pretty good. San Diego State is pretty good. They've been sure. pretty good for I mean, some yeah. time now. I mean, they've averaged 10 and a half wins the last four seasons, or three or four seasons. So I look at that, and I know they've lost a lot of guys, but I think to myself, eh. Okay. I don't know, but I will say this, and we'll talk about it a little bit coming up. BetOnline.ag is going to be where you want to run if you're going to want to be able to put that bet down. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. Just kind of going through what we expect from Arizona this year. All right, I assume Arizona beats NAU. Um, but then you look at the rest of the South. I mean, Arizona, for whatever reason, plays USC tough, generally. Um, but I look at, you could probably be Colorado. I don't think they're great, but they certainly look better last year than I think you expected. Uh, we saw where the talent level is against ASU at this stage in the game. We saw where, you know, I think, I think Utah's a little bit like BYU in that they're, I think they're, they're tough and they're, they're tough enough. And established. Yeah, they're tough enough and they're established. I just don't know where the wins come from. And watching it in practice, it didn't look to me like they have a super ace up there. But I think you're uh, let's let's look at the defense a little bit, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they want and need to force turnovers. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the Stoops team in that first season did that you talked about mm-hmm. was that they were able to bend but don't break. That's uh, right. our friend Brad Alice loves that term. He does where yeah. they'd have where 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 the team that played against them would have a See seemingly a lot of long 60-yard drives, you know, that would take seven minutes off the clock, but they wouldn't get into the end zone or they'd have to settle for a field goal attempt or something like that. So you were allowed to milk clock, take time off the clock, and as a result of that, you were able to limit possessions, which it seems to be what this Arizona team is going to have to do as well. But it sounds to me like you think 
this Arizona team is perhaps built a little differently and has to figure out ways to steal possessions as opposed to being able to stop teams from manifesting either long drives or making big plays. Is that if that's the case and they need to force turnovers as opposed to locking down in the red zone, uh-huh. are they physical enough, fast enough, opportunistic enough to do those sorts of things in certain positions, or is it just too early to tell? I think it's way too early to tell, but I just look at it, and I, I do feel for Jed Fish because I think this is a difficult situation that he finds himself in. No, duh. But because I've always felt it's really, especially in football, it's difficult to mask when you have no talent. I mean, you can maybe do it for the first quarter, you can maybe do it for the second quarter, but after a while it becomes really difficult because your three and out start mounting really, really quick. And I just don't know exactly how they're going to be able to do it this year because, and like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll probably go out to a couple more practices. I'll have a little bit better idea, but you know, right now they just don't look hard. Do you have any feel? Do you believe they're better on defense than offense? Or are I they think they should. It? I think they should be better on defense. Um, I think they've got a few more pl- uh, playmakers. Um, You've got you've got a guy in Anthony Pandy who was fairly decent as a pass rusher. Jalen Harris, who's Sean Harris's kid, he had five sacks last or the previous year. Um, you got a couple kids that uh, you know, and a, a Trayshawn Hayward transfer from Western Michigan, who is good. Um, he was a fourth team uh, All American. You're at Western Michigan though, so you really don't know what the deal is there. I would imagine. Plus, I think Don Brown. If you look at his resume, now granted he's not going to have a coach, or he's not going to have the players that he had at Michigan. Newsflash. But he's a guy that I think had a pretty. Uh, he's got a pretty good resume. So we'll see. But right now, like I said, it's just this is Jedfish has really got his work cut out for him. Yeah, and if he has his work cut out on, for him during practice, question for you. Um, back to what we talked about on yesterday's podcast as far as fans are concerned. Fans should obviously be forgiving, you know, and I think it helps the program if they're willing to show up to games. Mm -hmm. In Jed Fish's first season, do you believe that's the case? Do you believe that Wildcat fans should show up because they're, you know, I don't know, on the front line of something that could be good gives them a story to yeah. say yeah I was there I think and you should show up but you know what I go a little bit di- I go a little bit different than some other people though I always and I heard a I heard a I, I heard a point that was made one time and a guy said said you can call me a fair weather fan all you want but if I go to the same restaurant and they keep giving me crap I'm not going to keep showing up I agree with that I, By the I th- way, I think that you know what. Sooner or later, it's on Arizona football. People are saying, "Well, the fans owe it to the football team," and then that'll help them get good. When you've been in the dumpster as long as Arizona has, I think you've. All, I think you owe it to the fans to turn it around. As much as I said in the last segment that Arizona fans expect things to go bad, and that's the reason it's gone from frustration to apathy. In fairness, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I'm, I'm disappointed to some degree that when there were opportunities for the team to be good, and they were good, especially in the Rodriguez top of the bell curve era, mm-hmm. there was some really entertaining. The team that won 10 games was about as entertaining. If you right. want entertainment in your dollar amount, oh. that team, it, 
it doesn't get discussed probably because of the way that things ended or because Arizona's f- football has largely been a forgettable product. Mm-hmm. But that team finished 10-3, and three, and I think, what, four of those games right. were decided not on the last you possession, had, but on the last you had play? You Marys. And I mean, yeah, that, sure. that, that season was insane, and nobody came. Right. Nobody showed up. Mm-hmm. But from an entertainment standpoint, that one was there. So, you know, I get what the fans are doing in terms of being – I get it. I understand it. And, and I agree with you. It's up to the team to be good. But, you know, you hope along the way that it's something to do. And, uh, you know, you understand that the coach and the players are trying hard. And hopefully that can help to boost things to make it a little bit better. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats.